legends, you're listening to the Off-Road Performance Coach Podcast. If you want to be a beast on and off the dirt bike, you have come to the right place. All I ask from you is if you gain some value out of today's episode, please give it a share and tag me on your socials or your Insta story. I'd be super grateful if you'd share the love. Let's get stuck straight into today's episode. Just things for me. Hello, podcast legends. Is stretching worth it? That is what we were going to talk about today. A quick little episode. There's a, I guess there's, there's two kind of camps out there. There's, there's people that love stretching and there's people that, especially in, I guess, the strength and conditioning world anyway, there's people that, that say stretching is, is useless or you don't need to do it, et cetera, et cetera. So I thought I would share a little bit of my own story and how we actually include it in the race ready programming. Personally, I've used stretching in my own journey to improve my mobility and that really started pretty much 10 years ago now and at the time I was suffering chronic back pain. So that's where I guess I started my journey of of getting into stretching and mobility work and then as I've become a coach and learned more about strength and mobility, I've still incorporated that through that process and through the journey of actually getting a lot stronger. I've still worked on progressing my mobility and part of that has been using some stretching. So there's, like I say, there's kind of two camps out there. There's people that will say that you don't need to do it. Some people even say it's completely useless and that a lot of people say that you can maintain or even progress mobility using strength training only through full ranges of motion, like obviously loaded strength training. I would totally agree with that, but there's a couple of caveats there. If your mobility is actually at a reasonably decent level and you can get into some, some I guess, half-decent positions then you can definitely increase your mobility just using strength training, full range of motion, like squatting to a full depth, hinging to a full depth in an RDL, etc. Both of those exercises are going to help improve our hip mobility. And in the case of the squat, if you're getting down like full range of motion with some weight, you're going to improve your quad, the lengths the length of your quad and be able to get more range of motion and deeper knee flexion. However, if you are very restricted in mobility and you have, say, perhaps a longer journey to go from your starting point to where you are now to where you want to get to as in terms of your mobility, then in that instance, stretching can definitely help accelerate that journey in my experience 
again, my own personal journey and and how I have seen it um, help my clients the way I've prescribed it in in all of my clients' programs. So that's one of the caveats. The other part of the caveat there too is it really depends what your weekly environment looks like. And what I mean by that is if you're just training in the gym five days a week and outside of the gym, you're not doing anything of any excessive volume that's putting you in limited ranges of motion like riding a dirt bike, for an example, cycling, for an example, sitting in a van, traveling 1,500 kilometers to a race every weekend, as an example. When the training you're doing in the gym outweighs the hours spent in poor positions outside of the gym, it's really easy to maintain and progress your mobility just using strength training alone without any stretching. I've experienced that myself. Like when when I, I guess, used stretching to get my mobility to a decent level, there was a period of time there where I kind of didn't really do any or much passive stretching. I just, I basically did just perform like full range of motion strength training. I was able to maintain a very, very high level of mobility. But again, the caveat there is at that time, this was like, say, five years ago, I wasn't actually riding my dirt bike much and I wasn't traveling at all. So I'd I'd never really go on long long drives in the car or the van and spend hours sitting down um, and I wasn't doing very much motorbike riding at all. So over the last few years, I've been getting back into my riding a lot more and going to a lot more races. So I've spent a lot more time and we've also bought a caravan. So we've been traveling a bit more, going on holidays with the family, a lot more time traveling and sitting down again. So I've noticed again, anecdotally in myself, when those hours start to outweigh the hours I'm spending in the gym, I have to include some stretching in the program to at the very least just maintain my mobility without it actually going backwards. And if I want it to actually improve, then I definitely need to make sure I'm on top of including some stretching in the program. So there are a couple of caveats there. I think that Again, when we race dirt bikes or even just ride dirt bikes, as you guys know, we well know you, we often have like nothing to jump in the car and drive five hours each way to go for a ride. If it's an awesome race or if it's even just an awesome track trails that you're going to go ride with the boys or go camping for the weekend or whatever that looks like, like we spend a lot of time traveling. Often that's directly after we've spent a big day on the bike, whether it's a race or a trail ride or a day at the the practice track, whatever that looks like. We've spent hours riding our dirt bike and flogging our body and then we'll jump in a van and sit down for two, three, four, eight hours, depending on how far you've got to drive home. So that's not an ideal situation in terms of maintaining and progressing mobility is like doing something really hard with your body, like riding a dirt bike, and then just sitting in a 
fixed position in a car for hours on end directly after it. So when we do that, when we place ourselves in an environment like that, which it's just normal, that's what we do basically every week, then we need to ensure that our off-bike training is going to help at again at the very least maintain our mobility because the last thing we want is our mobility to get worse and then if we're if we are trying to progress it and our mobility has gotten to a point where it's it's not beneficial for us and we actually want to progress it and improve mobility then we're going to have to create an environment throughout the rest of the week when we're not riding and we're not traveling to counteract that basically. So like everything, intent matters. So it's super common. And I remember like even when I first started dabbling in a little bit of strength training when I was actually racing, the the stretching we would do at the end of a workout was like the elbow up behind the head, pull the elbow over to the other side for like 15 seconds, pull the heel up to the bum, the runner stretch one for the quads, 15 seconds aside, and you do that once for each side at the end of the workout, and like that was your stretching. Like that is that is useless. That 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 amount of volume and that amount of intent is it. You might as well not bother. We need to bring intent to stretching as we do to all of our training, and it needs to be done in an adequate amount of volume and with consistency. So it should actually be hard. Like if you're trying to improve, particularly if you're trying to improve mobility, if you want to actually increase your range of motion and make your muscles longer, it's going to be a little bit uncomfortable and it's going to be quite challenging. So it should be. It should be challenging. If you're just like holding a stretch and you're like, da 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 da, like not not much going on here, it's not really that hard, then it's not actually working. It's not actually going to do anything. So the key is where like even a stretch, we call it a passive stretch, but it is it is basically like a very, very low level strength exercise. Like we're we're putting a joint into the end range of motion to the point that the the muscle is on stretch. So it is a very low level isometric strength exercise. So to get the benefit of that, we need to find that point where we are pushing the limit, where it is actually on stretch. So it should feel quite demanding and we will need to use our breath to move through and move through that range of motion and relax into that end range anyone who's ever tried to do some like some i guess intent intense stretching will know like if especially if it's an area that you haven't put into an end range for a long time which again it's super common because generally speaking we don't really do it so the first time you might try and do a stretch, even if it's a couch stretch, like with your foot up against a wall, like to open the quads up and you really like 
crank hard into that end range, it's going to be uncomfortable and it's super common. People will just tense up and they're like, ah, 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 short, shallow breaths because and they're actually resisting that. So we need to be able to relax into that end range and use our breath. So again, everything's connected to the nervous system. So if we're holding our breath and short, shallow, like, that's like sends a signal to the nervous system that it's not safe. We want the opposite of that. If we're trying to improve our end range of motion, we want to signal to the nervous system that it's completely safe so the nervous system can actually relax and let us move into that end range. So we need to find the stretch and then we need to breathe into it. So we'll take a nice big deep breath in and then slowly exhale. And we should feel as we exhale that we can move into that end range a little bit further. And like everything over time, that we're going to become more accustomed to that level of intensity and we can progress that intensity gradually over time and increase the range of motion. So again, like holding a stretch for 15 seconds, it's not really going to do much like most. We need to be around that 60 second mark 45 can can we can get away with 45 in some instances but we want to be like at least at 45 seconds 60 seconds 90 second mark where we're actually spending a decent amount of time holding that position and and breathing into it so it the key is we're not just stretching that's where i think most people go wrong is we need to load. If we want to improve the range of motion, again, to come back to the nervous system level, the nervous system needs to feel safe in that end range. So to do that and to allow us to keep moving into that end range, we need to actually load that end range. So if all we do is stretch, if we just go to yoga and just do yoga, it's going to be a very, very long and a very, very slow journey because we're not actually moving into the end ranges with some some external load so that is the key part of the process it's including all of it so it's full range of motion strength training loaded mobility which is act like actually just holding on to some weights and moving into those end ranges and then also some stretching as well so it's combining those three and that's how we do it in the race ready programming that's how i program it for all my clients is we're incorporating all of those. So those three modalities to actually improve our mobility, full range of motion strength training, loaded mobility, and also stretching. We're including all of those in basically every single workout. So an example of that, like full range of motion strength training could be like a couple of lower body ones. It could be like an RDL where we're obviously that's targeting the hamstrings and the glutes a little more. Uh, heels elevated goblet squat where we're getting right down a full depth squat so again that's more of a quad dominant also hip flexion but it's it's more biasing the quads getting into a nice deep knee flexion range then an upper body example would be like a neutral grip dumbbell bench where we're letting the dumbbells come right down to open up the chest super common that people will get um i guess tight across the chest and the pecs we spend a lot of time 
in that internally rotated position with the shoulder. So we want to open that up. So like a couple of simple ones there, like a neutral grip dumbbell bench, deficit push-ups where the hands are higher than our chest and we can drop right down again, opening the chest. Loaded mobility exercises. So a couple of examples there, like a Jefferson curl for the hamstrings and the lower back, a cross bench pullover, uh, broomstick dislocates where you're holding onto a broomstick and moving through that range of motion. That's again, those few exercises, like a loaded mobility exercise is where we're, we're moving into the extreme end ranges of motion, but we're doing it with a little bit of external load. And that those types of exercises, like you're not going to, it's not like a deadlift or a squat where you're going to put like 80 or a hundred kilos on the, on the bar or, or the weight that you're using there. They're very light, like they might be five or 10 kilos, but we're just putting a little bit of weight there to help pull us into those end ranges, which over time will help increase the, the ranges of motion. And then obviously we've got stretching as well. So an example of how we would incorporate all of that into one session would be like the primary strength exercise would obviously be like a full range of motion strength exercise potentially. And we perform uh, active rest in all the rest periods. So as an example, you might be performing a squat and we would have a hip mobility exercise as the active rest. So instead of just walking around, scrolling on your phone for your rest period, you're actually going to perform for say it's a 90 second rest. You'll perform a hip mobility exercise for that 90 seconds before you complete your next set. And then in the accessory work, we would include some loaded mobility variations in as a part of the accessory work. And then obviously, again, more active rest, which incorporate, might incorporate some, some passive stretch in there. So across a full workout, we can hit all of those three modalities and include them. So again, over time, with consistency, we're giving the body a nice frequent dose of mobility training, whether it be full range of motion strength, loaded mobility, or passive stretching. We're giving the body a nice frequent dose across the training week. Again, consistency, consistency, consistency. We do that over time. We're creating an environment that will outweigh the environment that we're spending a lot of hours in off the bike. And over time, that means our mobility gets better. It's that simple. So Consistency is the key. Consistency, frequency, compounded volume, that's going to disrupt that environment. We're all just a, a, a product of our environment. So the level of mobility that we have right now is like basically a product of what we've been doing for the life for me, last 42 years of my life. So, but more recently, like obviously the last like, five to eight years for me i've been working a lot more on mobility and my mobility has improved a ton so again if you're not happy with where your mobility is now or it's limiting you then something needs to change it's that simple we need to change the environment disrupt that environment and over time that will allow us to create change so in the arm pump eliminator program that in that particular program, I've combined everything I know about upper body mobility and strength training 
and I've incorporated that into a program that's basically laid out exactly like I just mentioned, full range of motion strength training, loaded mobility, and some passive stretching in there. And it's broken down into three 10-minute or less mobility sessions that you can do three times a week. And then it's got three 15 to 20-minute strength sessions. So it's very easy to, if you wanted to, you could just perform that as a standalone program, or you could drop that into an existing program. If you're already doing an existing strength training program, you could just drop those sessions in there as as part of your accessory work. So where you would normally do your upper body accessory work, you just replace it with this. So it's super easy to follow, super easy to incorporate into your own program, and it's all laid out in a progressive manner. So there's four phases, a prep phase, then a phase one, phase two, phase three. The prep phase is two weeks, then each training phase is four weeks. So it's 14 weeks total in a very progressive nature, starting off for a very low level and progressing in intensity and volume over the 14 weeks. So it's obviously targeting wrists, hands, forearms, shoulders, upper body, and the core. Shoulders and core are very closely related and connected, so there's a lot of mobility work in there for the core as well. So if that's something that interests you, I'll drop the link in the show notes. You can check that program out. It's super affordable and it's only a once-off payment, so there's no ongoing debits, no contracts, no commitment to payment or anything like that. It's just a very affordable once-off payment and you get access to the program instantly. So I'll drop that in the show notes. Otherwise, I appreciate you all. Thank you for listening, and we will see you on the next episode. That's what I had to say. Next episode is going to be a Q&A podcast. So I did put a thing in my Instagram story. Uh, uh, if you, I'll put my email address in the show notes as well. If, you, if you're not on Instagram and you want to send me a question that you would like answered, send me an email and I will include it on the next podcast episode. Um, if I get a heap of questions that are kind of on the same topic, I'll sort of pull them together, but I'll do my best to answer um, all of the questions. can be anything at all, writing, training, nutrition, uh, hydration, whatever you would like to know about preparing yourself for riding or racing then drop me a question and I'll do my best to get it answered on the next podcast episode. Until then, give it 100% and we'll see you on the next episode.